Hello and welcome to this episode of the ASGCA podcast, Insights. I'm your host, Mark Whitney. This series features conversations with men and women who are making a positive difference in the golf industry. We look at the challenges being faced and the people working each day to meet those challenges head on. Giving us his insights today is Forrest Richardson. Forrest is Vice President of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. A protege of ASGCA past president, Arthur Jack Snyder, Forrest has studied and worked around the globe, including North and Central America and across Europe. He has authored five books on golf course architecture, including Bunkers, Pits, and Other Hazards, and is a member of the USGA Museum Committee. Forrest, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Of course, the current environment that we all find ourselves in as many people considering how to approach golf and the golf industry. And I've heard you say that now is the perfect opportunity to be proactive in showing support for the game. May you explain what you mean by that? Well, I think golf uh, embodies all of the positives that we've been hearing uh, in our current situation with COVID-19 throughout the world. Um, we've, We've heard people talk about, gee, I I wish I could do social things. I wish I could get back to life as as I remembered it. I wish I could interact with friends. I wish I could go to restaurants and and whatever. And golf, if you really think about it, embodies some of these positive thoughts. And it does it in a way that's very regimented in terms of how you move through the entire uh, uh, sequence of deciding to play golf and showing up and parking and and then going out to recreate and, and to do the things. So I'm very bullish on the idea that this is an opportunity for golf to really look deep into the 500 year history of the game, but also to look at how we, as the world of golf, can position golf courses for future uh, use and and the new generation and the new era coming out of COVID-19. So you and your fellow ASGCA members bring a very unique perspective to the golf industry. How do you see golf course architects playing a role in showing their support for the game today? Well, I think it's it's doing all the things we've been doing, but then it's also, um, I, I think part of it's being a voice to educate people that aren't as familiar with golf courses um, on the value of them. I think also it's reminding our clients uh, the courses that the golf course architects help take care of and help, you know, renovate and remodel and, and transform uh, periodically. I think it's our opportunity to remind the clients the valuable asset that they have. We give you an example. They're they're building architects that, you know, created the model for the modern grocery store, whether it's a Whole Foods or your local supermarket. And during the COVID-19, I've gone to the supermarket and I said to myself a few weeks ago, well, this is kind of ridiculous. I can't social distance here because I have people coming down the aisle this way and I'm going up the aisle that way. The aisle's only six feet apart. Well, lo and behold, just last week at my local supermarket, 
there's now one-way arrows. Okay, it didn't involve the architect world because they created supermarkets, you know, 70, 80 years ago, and, and the prototype of the modern supermarket really hasn't changed all that much. There's still aisles. But now you see someone routing a supermarket. It still doesn't work very well because, you know, I mean, it, people are not going to pay attention. But that's the beauty we have in golf courses is we have a sport and a recreation pastime that's very formal in the sequence of how you go from hole one to hole two to hole three and come back again. And it has, it's, it's built in social, but it's also built in distancing. And with the proper spacing on a golf course, um, the layout's already there. It already tells you how to get from the parking lot to the first tee to the, to the first green and so on. And so I think the architect's role is to capitalize on that and to help our clients um, realize the value they have um, because golf courses are providing social, they're providing outdoor time, they're providing food and beverage, you know, when we can get back to that. But even now, golf clubs and golf courses are the food and beverage operation at the ones that are open are, are doing gangbusters on takeout orders and, and, you know, whatever. And also there's the sports aspect of it. You know, golf is an opportunity to compete and to, and to watch people compete. So that's a positive. And then there, the, the fifth area is travel. And, and a lot of people right now are missing travel and uh, you know, we're, golf courses, many of them are there purposely for resorts and travel. So I think that's something we ought to to really focus on as, as golf architects is again, it's a matter of reminding our clients that they have this wonderful asset that coming out of this can be really, really put to use perhaps even higher and better than it has been. You've touched on a number of different areas here. So let me be a little more specific, at least in terms of the conversations that you have been having here uh, during this recent time. Uh, I assume that you were talking with, with clients where, where projects are ongoing or where things are just sort of getting ramped up uh, in your conversations, whether it be with, with builders or club managers or green committee members, what is it, what are you hearing from them? What is, uh, what is their take on some of the things that you've been sharing with us here over the last several minutes? Well, I mean, I haven't got a chance to, to have some of these higher level discussions yet with, with too many um, of our clients. Um, I've been working really hard right now trying to support work that's in the, the in, in, in progress. So one of the things that, um, that, that I've been focusing on with projects right now is just keeping them going forward. So we have a couple of remodeling projects and several planning projects. And uh, so far, you know, that's all going forward pretty much as planned with the exception of person to person meetings have obviously gone by the wayside here the last couple of months. But my intent in coming out of this is to, is to really push the notion of, of some of the things that golf architects and people that own and operate golf courses have been talking about for quite a number of years. And that is how golf courses can provide even more entertainment and even more opportunities to socialize and even more opportunities to be 
sort of the hub of a, of a community or a neighborhood or a, a region. And, um, and I think, for instance, you take Topgolf, okay? It's immensely popular, but they're all closed right now. And golf courses, if, they're, if, if we look at them correctly, they can become part top golf. They can have an entertainment venue that people can come enjoy that maybe don't play that, uh, don't play golf that often and, and aren't seasoned golfers. Maybe they've never even held a golf club. And these are things that we've been talking about for a long time, but I think now's the perfect time to say, wait a minute, what is my, my practice range? For example, just take any golf club, the, you know, the Jonestown golf club in main street, USA, they've got a practice range. Now would be the time to look at that acreage and say, how can I make this better? How could I turn this into something that not only, uh, satisfies the seasoned golfer who plays golf once or twice a week, but how can I make this a really fun venue? How can I maybe integrate simulators and entertainment in my clubhouse? Or how can I look at my putting green differently? How can I look at my golf course even differently to have maybe different games being played and different formats? Uh, And I've been a proponent of this for a long time. It doesn't always get a lot of warm and fuzzy response because some of these ideas aren't familiar. And I think that's one of the lessons that maybe this can teach us is that yes, golf is tradition 500 years in the making, but it's also evolved and, and, and taken lots of turns throughout its history. And maybe this is an opportunity for golf courses to take a few more turns as we move forward. My guest is Forrest Richardson, ASGCA. Forrest, you've referenced a couple of times in our discussion here uh, a topic that we have previously talked about here on our Insights podcast, and that's the value provided by the golf course. Another term that I've heard you use extensively references how golf courses are healthy, uh, and I know that that takes like a couple of different meanings for you. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about the, the health of the golf course? Well, you know, they're they're living, breathing things. They're gardens. Um, their, their parks, uh, Robert Trent Jones Jr. and I were speaking about three weeks ago. We were actually in the process of trying to help educate the policymakers in California about the value of golf courses. And, and uh, Mr. Jones made a, a great comment to me that he ended up using in his letter to the governor of California, and that is that golf courses are the lungs of the community. They're producing oxygen, they're living, breathing landscapes, they, they're productive, many of them have wetlands and habitat, and, um, and I think these are things that golf courses have always um, had, and that we, we haven't um, done perhaps as good a job in the world of golf communicating it, I think, inside golf we we talk about it and share those concepts and we try to get those concepts um out to the public but i think right now we have an opportunity to not only say hey wait a minute golf's the perfect social recreation sport way to to make your family and your friends connect and do it safely 
but I think it's also an opportunity for us to talk about the the value of a golf course from its 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 place in the community. You know, the thing that I say many many times is that golf courses, for the most part, are not subsidized acreages. Um, so if you know you take a fifty acre park in a in an urban setting, uh, the taxpayers are paying for that, and and it's a good thing. I support that. You take a hundred acre golf course in an urban setting, the chances are very good that the users of that are paying to support it. And it, it might break even, it might make a little money in some communities, they might have a, 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 a modest loss associated with the golf operation. But for the most part, when you drive past a golf course, it's being taken care of by the people that are using it and supporting it, buying hot dogs, buying a beverage, paying a green fee, buying for a, a sweater, renting a golf cart, that's who's paying for it. And yet there's this wonderful big uh, parkland. Uh, and, and we know that because when we go to change golf courses, sometimes we hear from the residents around them and they think of that as their golf course, even if they don't play golf, it's their park, it's their open space, it's the view they have. And uh, so golf courses are appreciated by many more people than the people playing them. There's the people enjoying them, driving past them, walking past them, looking out over them. There's also the people that benefit that don't even know it because the golf course is accepting drainage and, and providing that uh, a little interruption to the heat island. And then there's also, of course, this employment aspect. You know, golf courses employ people, which is a good thing. And as you go through the, the, the list of the, the benefits that you've just talked about here, I also get a sense that you're, this isn't just you saying this. Your expectation is that others in the golf industry need to be promoting and, and making these same comments to the variety of audiences that they speak to as well. Yeah, I, I think, again, that we're all on the same page. We just don't sometimes remember to, to drive these points home because we get sidetracked with something. So when I'm in front of a city council or a county council or the state parks of California or, or whoever it may be, in a, in a, or an HOA, you know, an association or neighborhood group, sometimes I'm focused on the immediate task, which is I'm trying to explain why we're moving the fifth hole and changing the seventh hole or whatever it might be. And, um, and so I think sometimes we need to take a deep breath as, as those of us in the golf um, course business, and we need to remember to really communicate these points that are that are so important for the future of the game. And then inside the world of golf, again, I would get back to this is this is a time for golf course architects to be thinking about just what is a golf course, and there's not just one way to play the game of golf. There's many formats of the game. There are other many uses that golf courses over the years have, have, have pr proven to be very good at. I mean, the, the, uh, the concourse of the auto show at Pebble beach is a great example where, you know, the, the golf course is the stage for one of the premier classic car gatherings in the world. And uh, I know that's a celebrity-based thing, but every golf course should be looking about at how it can create other opportunities other than just golf 
being played there. And, and country clubs are a good model for that. Um, I, I have a, a theory and, and one of our clients is a big shopping center developer. And, and in this COVID-19 situation, he has said that he thinks this could very well be the demise of the modern shopping center as we know it. And think of that for a minute. That's a space that people congregate. There are no rules, really. I mean, you can go in one door, you can go in the east door, you can go in the south door, you can come down the escalator, you can go through a store and then into the mall. There's a food court. There is no rhyme or reason to how you move through a shopping center. And therefore, it and, and for a lot of other reasons, it's potentially in danger in America and around the world of, of being that hub. Now take a golf course or a country club. You have all the things that I mentioned earlier that are in play that are very well pulsed and routed about how you go about that. Yet it's social, food and beverage, entertainment, sports, companionship, family, friends, all the positives. And so I think that this is an opportunity for the golf course business to say, wait a minute, maybe we could be the hub of the community or, or more of a micro hub of a region or a neighborhood. Wonderful information. Thank you, Forrest. And I want to finish as, as we began. So I'm going to ask you to please uh, share with our audience a, a favorite story or a remembrance that you have about your time uh, with uh, Arthur Jack Snyder, one of the great golf, golf course architects of the 20th century. Gosh, I, didn't, I almost don't know where to begin, but, um, you know, I worked with Jack for 25 years and um, he was humble and uh, genuine to, you know, to, I mean, he was genuine more than anyone that I could ever uh, imagine meeting. And um, I, I can't imagine what he would um be saying during this COVID-19 situation that we're in, other than I think he would, he would probably say, you know, Forrest, I grew up in the middle of a golf course, which he did. He lived in a, in a house with his two brothers uh, at the Alcoma Country Club outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, his dad was a superintendent. And uh, he, he would probably say, you know, we would get up in the morning and and uh, we'd have to go mow the greens and rake the bunkers. And then he said during the summer, you know, we'd go out and hit balls from one place to the other. And he'd probably say there wasn't a soul around. And, and I'm sure his attitude right now would be, why in the world would they be telling golf courses to close during this situation we're in when it's really the perfect space for people to be able to, you know, to breathe and get fresh air and to, have some fun and to maybe take the sting off of the, uh, the situation. So that's what I would imagine Jack might be saying now. And how can people get in contact with you, Forrest, for more information about what we've talked about here today uh, and about, of course, your golf course architecture design company? Well, the easiest way to get to me is through the website, which is um, uh, golfgroupltd.com. So, uh, Everything's on their golf group, ltd.com. And I appreciate having the opportunity, Mark, to talk with you and um, look forward to the next time we cross paths. Thank you, Forrest. Same here. Thank you to Forrest Richardson, ASGCA. Uh, appreciate your time here today.
That concludes this episode of the ASGCA Podcast Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. You can always find more information on ASGCA and golf course architecture at asgca.org. Thank you for listening, and please join us again. Until next time, so long.